the first law of Ivanova's hair. Doesn't make any sense. Do the IMDb corner because oh, good grief. Look, do you know what it's like when telepaths make love? You and I being of firm New England stock understand yes. what it means to be emotionally bound up. This might be my adult brain. Look at you being all judgy. Don't call it a comeback. We've been here for years. I generally want uh, less Jack the Ripper. I should probably just cut all of this. The dutiful master of horse. Brain, brain, what is brain? Oh, I'm sorry. Suck it, DS9. I'm full of tinier vorlons! Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Don't step to me with Bionic Bigfoot, man. I think I've had enough of you. I shall sail into the west and remain Garibaldi. What's she gonna look like with a chimney on her? Episode 96, Strange Relations. In which Bester comes looking for Byron's telepaths, and Garibaldi learns Captain Lockley's dark secret. Coming to you live from the luxury suite in the brig, this is the name of the pod, your Babylon 5 podcast, where we discuss the ongoing cultural legacy of the 1990s television show, Babylon 5. I am one of your co-hosts, Chris Tatro, and joining me as always, my good friend and co-host, John Cassie. How's it going, Chris? It's going well. It's yeah, going you've well. Been, uh, you've, you've been uh, alone and isolated in Earth Dome with your lovely wife uh, traveling to Centauri Prime. Yes, and, yeah, she's uh, been out visiting uh, out your way. I was going to note that your hair is a little more sticky uppy than usual today. And, yeah, uh, well, yeah, in in commemoration of our soon to be Grand Emperor. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm uh, I'm not quite all the way to uh, to rocking the Centauri. Yeah, uh, you're not, but you're not doing the full Giorgio, uh, whatever his name was from uh, Ancient Aliens. It, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah egg. Exactly, um, I am. I am. Uh, uh, I am. I'm not all the way, but uh, I'm uh, sort of alarmingly. Um, uh, I, I, I'm too far. I'm a little too far in that direction mm. for for comfort, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it is what it is, right? It's a challenge, really. Mm. It's a. It's a. I'm going to go through my day like this, and are you going to say anything to me? Yeah, well, you know, are you, you going to comment on this? Yeah. Well, uh, the nice thing of I can count on with you, Chris, is mm-hmm. that you're always going to, um, uh, you know, you're always going to point out my my failings and my my flaws and the things that are good about me as well. Uh, mm-hmm. You do that, of course, with a certain degree of of self loathing. I, 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 right? Well, I point out the good things about you when the microphones are off. Yes, yes. I mean, you'd yeah. never. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm like a dog or or a child. I can I can hone in on weakness. Right. I mean, and I mean, can't we all? Absolutely. Right. So, yeah. um, before we before we start, okay, mm-hmm. uh, I uh, folks, you know that we record, uh, you know, a, a number of weeks in advance just to make sure that we have good content. Uh, right. You know, in the hopper, in the event that we get life aggro and we don't want to drop a week and this kind of thing. Okay, so mm. I want to acknowledge uh, a Facebook posting from new fan of the pod, Joe oh, yeah. Mason, who Hello, wrote Joe. who wrote yesterday uh, a post that said, "So I'm late to the game, and only discovered the pod recently. I wanted to weigh in on the who would you cast now in a remake game? Mm. Okay, and." Uh, her point uh, was um, th- no better recast than Tilda Swinton as Delenn, mm-hmm. right? She'd be perfect. You would never 
enact that kind of change, the chrysalis change with Tilda oh. Swinton. You know, you have to find some other way to do that story because Tilda Swinton would look so good mm-hmm. as first season Delenn. As as pure Mimbari. Yeah, yeah. as pure Mimbari yeah. Delenn. You'd have to, I don't know, you'd, 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 you'd feel inclined to, to do something about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and she offers two other suggestions. Gwendolyn Christie as mm-hmm. Ivanova, you know, Brienne mm-hmm. of Tarth, right? Yeah. And I think that's an excellent choice. You know, if you were gonna if you were gonna Agreed. recast now, right? Obviously mm-hmm. you couldn't do it when you know, she'd only have been fifteen. Oh right? sure, sure. You know, if you yeah. were doing it back back in the day. But mm-hmm. uh, I think excellent choice. Mm-hmm. And then an actor who I don't uh, really know named Mads Mickelson. I see his mm-hmm. I recognize his face. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know his work. Um, uh, actor in Hannibal, according to IMDb. Yeah. Um, and she suggests that he would make an excellent um, Morden. Uh, oh, yeah. With the note also, uh, although he could also act the hell out of Chikar. Um, and right. then the, the final right. note was not really a casting, but a, hey, I'd like to. Uh, I'd love to see Alan coming in there somewhere. In Kasha's yes. suit as a second... I mean, you, look, you make Alan Cumming the regent, or you make him Cartagia. Oh, Cart- yeah, he would he would chomp right. the heck out of Cartagia. Right, yeah. and nice, and particularly if you were doing this in a prestige format, uh-huh. right? You know, okay, Alan, we need you for four, five episodes, okay? Yeah. And you're never going to have to be the one carrying the whole thing, right? Yeah. So it's, it's going to be a great job, lots of great scenery chewing, it's a super important role, mm-hmm. but it has a very clean beginning and end, as it were. Yeah, you know, I, I could definitely see him in that role or as Bester. Oh, I think I coming think, as Bester would be great. I don't think we we included Bester in any of our recast. We didn't stuff. So yeah, I would definitely, um, I definitely put him into that. I think that would be, uh, you know, either of those. I think would be would be good places for for him to uh, to dwell. You know, his his personality. I think I think the first time I saw Alan coming in anything might have been was he in Titus? Huh. That was that was an insane movie. Um and that's why when you mentioned Cartagia, I'm like, oh yeah, he could do that. This was the Titus uh, Titus Andronicus, right? Yes. Oh my god, that movie was insane. Yeah, uh, let me let me see here. Let me I can't uh, remember consult, what yeah. the name of the film was, but there was a mini driver film set in Ireland that he played the sort of gross suitor. He was like mm. a yucky suitor, like a villainous suitor. Yeah, yeah. Um, it had a name like uh, House of Cards or, you know, yeah. Summer of Leaves or some something. Like, I don't know. Something I, of something. Yeah, yeah, something of something. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was in Josie and the Pussycats. Fantastic film. Better soundtrack even. Uh, yeah, he was he was Saturninus and Titus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he'd yeah. be he would be the kind of actor who elevates all. Mm-hmm. You know, who kind of elevates all work. Mm-hmm. Uh, him as Bester, that's kind of ridiculous. Mm. Uh, he would be so. He's got this kind of sensuality that Walter Koenig doesn't have. Yes. And that would make him feel way more sort of threatening and sort of disturbing. Yeah. Than yeah, Bester be feels, right? A very different take on the character. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Um, um, I think, I think Cartagia might be a little too on the nose, but yeah, I, either way, you know, it'd be great to have him in there. Yeah. You know, since we're in recast land for a moment here, uh, sure. Thinking about Bester, when you offered it, hey, we didn't actually recast him. Uh-huh. If I were doing it back then, given how good he was as Cavill in Battlestar Galactica, uh-huh. I would have maybe thought about Dean Stockwell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because he he's... You know, yeah. I, I would not have thought of him, but now that I've seen him do that kind of really scheming, mm-hmm. self-important nasty yes you know that would have been mm. potentially very interesting yeah. so hmm. well in any case joe thanks for writing yes and for for getting us for getting us off to a good start and folks you know if if you have some thoughts on on any of the recasting uh you know or you know indeed i'm grateful to the uh name of the pod audience for selecting my two choices to recast uh <laughs> Chris and I do this on Skype, and he's just basically looking into the far distance with that sort of look on his face, like, oh, oh, name yes. of the pod audience, how dare you? How dare you pick him over me? It's yeah. just, he's so insufferable at the best of times, and now he's going to be even worse. Uh, uh, you, you don't know what you've, what you've done. That's you have right. no idea what you've done, people. Yeah, uh, for, for uh, selecting uh, Dana Delaney and, um, and Susie Plaxon. Yeah, uh, as uh, potential Elizabeth Lockleys. Now, of course, if you had uh, an, an actress that you might have chosen instead of either of those, by all means, pop it onto the Facebook group. We'd be happy to see your thoughts and to mm. to talk about it. And if you know, now that we're you know th- what three four years on from when we started this thing, if there's a you know if there are new actors who are rising who you're interested in for the re for the recast, you know, yeah. share it with us. Yeah, when I was looking back at my recast notes. From from when we for, from when we did it back in season two, it was it was pretty sensate heavy uh, at the time because yeah, that's what right. I was watching yeah. uh, you know, at, the, at the moment. I was like, oh wow, I really leaned heavy on that show. Uh, yeah, but yeah, you know, a lot of sensate, so a lot of travelers. Exactly. Right. right. Yeah. As yeah. it should well, be. You know, it's what's it's what's on our radar at the time. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. bam, that's the ten minute mark, and we haven't okay. yet spoken about this episode. Why? Yeah. Because it is so problematic. Okay. So okay. now, again, this is this is the episode where we talk directly to the listeners, apparently. Right. Usually, before we start recording, we, we go through, we make an outline of here are the, the three or four different bullet points we want to hit, the topics that we want to, to address. Um, this time, I sent John a text last night saying... You know, not sh- not sure about this episode. You know, this wasn't a wasn't a very good one. And his response was, "Au contraire, I believe this was the perfect episode." And I said, "All right, we're not going to talk about this anymore. I, I want to hear. I want to hear this. You know, I don't want to know what's coming. I want right. to hear this on the pod. What's in the pod is in the pod. That's right. And um, and I want my uh, my immediate reaction. Okay. So so here's my thesis on." Strange relations, okay? Mm -hmm. And it connects to the broader thesis in the the sort of zeitgeist about Babylon 5, okay? Mm -hmm. Babylon 5 has more articles in the press that have headlines like this. Why Babylon 5 
is the best and worst television science fiction show ever made. Mm -hmm. Babylon 5 is the greatest, most terrible sci-fi series. Why Babylon 5 is the worst, best thing in television sci-fi ever, okay? Uh I'm quoting an article from 2012, from 2014, and an article written three months ago. Okay. That was published on Tor.com, okay? Babylon 5, this is the first line of the most recent article, okay? Okay. From Jennifer Giesbrecht on Tor.com. Babylon 5 is one of the best science fiction shows ever made. It also kind of sucks, and that's okay. Now, Mm -hmm. I don't think there could be any more cogent a thesis for this program, for our podcast, Mm -hmm. and for this episode, than that one. Okay. Okay. Uh, Telling someone, this this is from the article in 2012. Telling someone you love Babylon 5 is a powerful admission, since to the uninitiated, the show is nearly indefensible. Only, quote, those people are fans of Babylon 5. There are no casual fans Mm. of Babylon 5. A slice of Babylon 5 is a bizarre and disorienting thing, absurd costuming and set design, paired with an overwrought synthy score like some kind of space elf battle music. And the sense that every character on the show is standing with their finger over the button. Okay. Listeners, you have slagged us in the past for being overly negative. And I accept that critique and judgment because there were times when we sort of leaned into, you know, sort of a gleeful, you know, oh, Mm -hmm. let's, let's talk about how how ridiculously silly this episode is. Ha 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 ha, right? Yeah. Um, but I don't think anyone can argue that this show is great in all of its respects, soup to nuts, okay? And because there are problems on this program, it doesn't mm-hmm. change the fact that it is, in many respects, one of the best things that we've ever had given to us by the mind of an auteur and a visionary. I'm with you so far. Okay. All right. I agree. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you try to understand why is it the worst, best thing, generally the worst things are in their own episodes and the best things are in their own episodes Mm -hmm. and you rarely get a kind of hybrid. Okay. Mm. My contention is that this episode fully encapsulates and contains within it all of the evidence you need to show why this show is the best worst thing ever made. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm with and you. therefore, I'm with you. even though it is objectively pretty weak, okay, it's a weak entry in what is clearly shaping up to be a weak season. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we've noted on the pod before that season five is polarizing in the Babylon 5 community. Mm-hmm. I think if you're watching along with us, you already have a sense of the of the shape of the argument, even though we're only six episodes in, okay? Mm-hmm. So why don't I kind of 
kind of hand walk us through a little bit of this kind yeah. of perspective, right? Sure, sure. Uh, I have to say that I agree. And and I was thinking about where you might be going with this, you know, uh, in my in my leisure time. Um, and <laughs> and and this is this is where I thought you might be going. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it. The, the, yeah, this episode really encapsulates. Um, it's it is it is a is a perfect microcosm of of the entire show. Yes. You know, the the that. Yeah, I, I completely agree with the thesis that that Babylon Five has the highest highs and the lowest lows, you know, and and sort of undulates wildly between the two. Right. Um, and I think, you know, yeah, this season is is rough, especially coming on the heels of the fantastic seasons, like halfway through season two, through the end of season four. Right. So you get two and a half, just just absolutely banging seasons uh and then and then we're a little a little wobbly uh right. i still think that if this were on its own or if this were if we didn't have the strength of those of those prior two and a half seasons roughly that that season five might not be regarded as as badly as it as it sometimes is yeah somehow if this were if this were season one of a different show Set in the Babylon 5 universe, but not Babylon 5. Mm-hmm. I think people might be, all right, wh- where are we going? What's the setup? Mm-hmm. What's the intention here? But this is the fifth season of Babylon 5, and therefore it has to mm-hmm. be assessed within the continuum yeah. it's in. Yeah. And that's it's really where... the first season. It's really the first season of Babylon 5 2.0. You know, seeing how how much of the of the major storylines have changed. You That's know, right. The, you know, I I really I really do. Yeah, I agree. I think it's 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 almost completely, you know, different different show. Yeah. Whether it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, a brief segue. You know, if you want to get an example of kind of what this looks like elsewhere in television, um, Smallville ran for ten seasons. Okay, and John and I like superhero kinds of things, so we've we have watched it. I've watched that show from start to finish. The problem with Smallville is that by about season six, it really ought to be called Metropolis. Completely right? different show because it's a completely different show, mm-hmm. and because they didn't explicitly make that break. Mm-hmm. They kept trying to harken back to stuff that was begun, told, and resolved. Right? Mm-hmm. We don't need this old stuff. The mm-hmm. story was told. It had integrity. It was good. It's done. Now, if you want the same characters, that's great. We don't want them gone. Mm-hmm. But morph them into a different thing. Mm-hmm. And that's maybe in some respects what I'm beginning to think needed yeah. to happen with Babylon 5. Make this the first step, make this the first season of Crusade. Mhm. And let Babylon yeah. 5 stand as a completed story with integrity. You can bring these characters mm-hmm. back, but now you'd make your sort of Byrons and Leda's and and uh, you'd still have Marcus because he'd be out in the Ranger Corps and you know, you'd have mm-hmm. Lockley maybe be carrying more of the weight mm-hmm. and you know, the alliance is a thing that's happening in the background. Mm. 
rather than caring about it in the you know kind of up top. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Huh. I'm trying to think of there of any examples of shows that that did that and and succeeded that kind of shifted their focus. You know, not a spin-off. Right. But a but so a, a continuation of the show under a new title under a you know kind of a new a new pivot um and i'm I'm kind of drawing a blank things like after mash certainly didn't uh yeah didn't go anywhere i mean maybe um, the only example Galactica 1980 right which is not that's not, not what success. you want to be looking to as an example right yeah um maybe um maybe that show that valerie harper headlined in the 80s Oh, okay. That when they sacked her, they brought in Sandy Duncan. Oh. The Hogan family? Okay. And that changed sort of entirely because the it was basically Valerie Harper's show. Mm-hmm. Right. I think it was called Valerie. Mm-hmm. And, but they didn't cancel it. They, 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 they morphed it into another thing. Uh-huh. Um, and... But yeah, I mean, what I'm proposing is something that isn't done. Yeah. But, but uh, you, you know, you look at um, franchises like Doctor Who or Star Trek, where you know you you still are uh, you're still in Doctor Who, but because you've got a new Doctor with a very different perspective, mm-hmm. the way in which the universe refracts. Is different. They're like a prism, but they're true, you know. And each version of Star Trek up until Enterprise was ex- was explicitly building on that first iteration or instance mm-hmm. of the universe that Gene Roddenberry created, mm-hmm. right? So there was there was the expectation in the audience that canon would be followed, and when it wasn't, of course, p- people were you know. And, you know, infuriated by it, right? Um, I'm looking at you, joystick, on the bridge of the Enterprise in Star Trek Insurrection. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, maybe maybe the point that I that I just made just sort of five minutes ago is yeah. is not really defensible. But that, but the, no. the problem is that's what it feels like. It feels like that's what it needed. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And and is it done? I mean, the maybe some of the Law and Order shows. Yeah, I, I, don't, maybe. I don't know the the mythology there well enough to know if yeah. if if any of them continued on if the, or if they were more spin-offy. Um, well, I mean, they're all sort but, of in the same meta. Yeah. Oh, they right? certainly are in this. They're in the same continuity. They share yeah. characters, but yeah. but did any of them just kind of transform? You know, I know there was there was sort of vanilla Law and Order. Did that did that transform into SVU or was there? Were I think there, they were different. Different characters. I, that's what I think as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah I, I think they were all yeah. launched. One did not become another. I think, in fact, yeah. Vanilla, mm-hmm. SVU, and Criminal Intent were all running at the same time at one point. I think so. Right. Um, mm. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, so we've part, gone off the path. So you were going to walk us through part of the problem with why it's, you know, okay, you know, best worst. One mm-hmm. of the reasons why it's it's kind of worst and it's emblematically worst is because it's so obvious that this episode, this story, is not 
connected clearly enough to what has come before. It, mm-hmm. it, it feels very strongly to me like it's pointing to what's coming. Mm-hmm. Okay. But he's only got one more season. Mm. Okay. So right. why is it written like this? Okay. Uh-huh. Now, over to best. Okay. Why is it, why is it a, a, an example of the best parts of this show? The very best. Okay. One, it's virtually a Neil Stevenson novel. This is what a prestige format of this show is supposed to look like. You've got about seven plot threads. Right. Okay. All very... You're not... I'm not confused in any way about what happened on this episode. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Even though there are at least a half a dozen different threads all working at the same time. Right. When you think about a prestige format form of this show it should feel like this you've got mm-hmm. Lockley and Sheridan mm-hmm. okay you've got Lockley and Garibaldi right you've got Delenn and uh, Londo and Jakar mm-hmm. and you've got Lita and Bester and mm-hmm. you've got Byron and his buddies and you've got yeah. Stephen Franklin with his own thing yeah. And you've got an alliance story, and you've got a telepath war story, and you've got all this personal stuff between Londo and Jakar, and you've mm-hmm. got uh, personal revelations about Sheridan and Lockley, and you've mm-hmm. got Garibaldi being able to be really lean into his Garibaldiness while being, you know, uh, 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 um, brigged. Okay. Yeah. So when this show is great, it's it feels like pre-prestige format Mm -hmm. this episode is all over that okay so structurally it's an example of what this show does best okay Mm -hmm. another example of bestness it aspires to make claims and and to say big things as tv about ideas of kind of universalist politics, the alliance's values, mm-hmm. uh, you know, re, uh, you know, faith and and justice and things like that. Okay. Right. You have some claims made about that in a number of different threads in this in this episode mm-hmm. that feel entirely within the, you know, the norm, mm-hmm. right? You've got some extremely well-designed and well-acted characters who always act kind of with within a kind of integrity, okay? Mm-hmm. So Garibaldi is, in some respects, at his most Garibaldiest yeah. in this episode, okay? <laughs> uh-huh. You want to yep. know about Michael Garibaldi? Watch this episode. Sure. Okay. You want to know what what um, what Sheridan is like in his soul? Watch this episode. Mm-hmm. You want to see where the relationship between Londo and Jakar has gone? Watch this episode. Okay. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. don't need to watch. You want to. You just want to get the snapshot. Just watch mm-hmm. this. Okay. Yeah. Delenn, at her most manipulative best. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Londo yeah. at his most sort of like, oh my God, where is this going right in my life, yeah. right? Yeah. Jakar with that kind of resigned bemusement, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. well, to Len, you know, <laughs> yeah, I can, the idea of a Narn being in the Centauri Royal Court, ha ha right? You know, this yes. is this is the sort of post Cartagia Shakar, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I was I was remembering back to the last conversation that Jakar and Delenn had, uh, the last time that they were they were together in a scene like I think it was the last time they were together in a scene like this, where uh, when Delenn had revealed that mm-hmm. you know, that uh, knowing about the shadows, you know, knowing about all of this that that had led to the Centauri War and and Jakar just seething, yes, you know, saying that I I, I should kill you right now. Um, and how how different the tone between the two of them was right. here. Right, right. Um, yeah, it, it it really does. I mean, I don't think you could sit somebody who hasn't watched the prior four seasons down, show them this episode, and then and that they would be all in. Oh I no, think, no, I think no, the they're not going to be all in. Yeah, I think the strength of this episode is is standing on the shoulders of of those previous seasons and seeing where everything has, has sort of turned around to. Yeah. I mean, my, my, my contention is, uh, wh- wh- why is this episode sort of emblematic of Babylon five as a whole mm-hmm. that you, that you could show it out of order and say, tell me about these characters. What are your impressions of this show? People are going to get it right. Mm. Okay. Because Garibaldi is at his most Garibaldiest. Yep. Do you see what I mean? Right. Okay. I do. I do. Yeah. Um, Bester mm-hmm. is appropriately unctuous. Mm-hmm. Okay. The um, the 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 interaction between Corbin and Captain Lockley mm-hmm. when he steals a chip off her plate. Yeah, I thought that was. I kind of loved that, but thought, yeah, how cheeky, right? I wondered if that was scripted or if that was was sort of an impromptu thing, and they were like, "Oh yeah, let's do, let's leave that in." Right, right. I it definitely, yeah. I I wasn't sure of the the purpose for Corbin for for that conversation. Yeah, but uh, um, but yeah, no, I I did note that little like, oh okay, so this is you know we're we're developing the interplay between these two. Right, um, and I think right. we got to see maybe more of Lockley's personality in this episode than For sure. we have in any of the of the five previous. D- definitely, um, you know, okay. we see her little, her her numerous sarcastic asides, which probably were written for Susan Ivanova, right? But, but work well here. Yeah, well. Tracy Scoggins perfectly capable of delivering those lines, right? Yeah, her whole, you know, it was my fault, partly your fault mostly your fault yeah let's say it's yours <laughs> you know I, I was like oh yeah. okay i like yeah. this you know right. this is good yeah She's that has a, yeah that uh, that smacks of ivanova right it sure does yeah. yeah um so it it gets the characters where they ought to be gotten mm-hmm. it has the the epic claim that the show's ultimately making Okay, mm-hmm. um, it feels like proper prestige television before there even is such a thing. Okay, mm-hmm. all of these things are part of the Babylon Five claim. All right, mm-hmm. now worst 
Okay. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot on the ledger, just like there's a lot on the ledger for best. Because when you when you assess this program, you you have to take both, right? Mm-hmm. The idea that we should learn that Sheridan and Lockley were married in episode six is exactly the the way that this show is written over and over and over again that makes no sense you think it should have been should have been addressed as soon as she came on board it should have been addressed much earlier mm-hmm. okay because sheridan and lockley know they're married mm-hmm. they know their history okay and this would not be the sort of thing that Garibaldi... Garibaldi would have found that out in episode one. There's no... There's absolutely no way he wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so to string it along for six episodes is, to me, silly. Right. And Delenn to say, oh, I've noticed, blah, blah, blah. But that's also silly. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this show does this over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Right? Mm-hmm. The characters know a thing, but they act like they don't know a thing. Mm-hmm. And then you are told as the audience that there's a thing. And now everyone just acknowledges it like it's, you know, mm-hmm. like it's always been known. That that kind of thing, this kind of writing, drives me crazy. Mm. And I just, I find it totally implausible. Which this show does to me a lot. I'm going to okay. ask you yeah. to accept this line of 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 uh, this this chain of of happening mm-hmm. because I've decided to write it this way. Except that's not that hmm. it's totally indefensible if you know anything about the rest of what you've written. You've right. written Garibaldi as a bloodhound of the first order. Yeah. And when, when Sheridan first came on board and he didn't trust Sheridan, he would have pulled the file then, would have pull, pulled the full personnel and, and you know, history and, and right. all of that stuff. Right. He would have known this as soon as she came. He would have picked up on the name. Right. Oh, okay. So you are. Right. Because he's so mistrustful, mm-hmm. the moment she comes on board, the rest of the episode should have been Garibaldi, like, grabbing his head saying, Lockley, Lockley. Mm-hmm. Lockley, why do I know that name? Mm-hmm. And then he pulls out from Sheridan's file. Right. Oh, snap. They were married. Mm-hmm. Right? And then he has a le- he has a he has a a, a, a leverage mm-hmm. against her. Oh, that's why he picked you. Mm. Okay. He doesn't yeah. know so quite n- nepotism, not uh yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And then it becomes Garibaldi being that sort of playful scamp. I know something you don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. I know what you have not shared. Mm-hmm. Right. And that that through line would be interesting. But the through line we get is sort of a classic JMS. Uh, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell. No, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to mm-hmm. tell you. Ha ha. Look, yeah. I just told you. Give me yeah. a break. Yeah, it's right? it's very J.J. Abrams. Y- yeah, it's... Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so you've got you've got that. Okay. Mm-hmm. You've got kind of classic bad Babylon Five dialogue mm-hmm. in the interchange between Lockley and Sheridan. Yeah. I mean, they deliver it serviceably, right? Yeah. But the dialogue on this show often feels like it's first draft dialogue written at two o'clock in the morning by, oh, look, written by J. Michael Straczynski, right? The mm-hmm. problem with writing 140 episodes of a television program is you lose the capacity to judge when your writing is really crackling and when it isn't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this you show's need somebody dialogue. to bounce that stuff off of. Yeah. Yeah. This show's dialogue frequently fails. Yeah. And it does in this episode. Yeah, frequently it feels more like monologues passing each other in the night. And I think that is definitely what we saw in the uh, in the Lockley Garibaldi yes. scene. Um, yes. And and to a lesser extent in the in the Sheridan and and Lockley piece. But but yeah, that's that was I've it's all there. It it and that's been more present here in season five than I think it was previously. Right. Um, you get the uh, the sort of best and worst of telepath interactions with mm-hmm. Bester and Lita, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Lita telekinesizing, you know, his bloodhounds. Okay, that's right. good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but Bester, when he's running rampant all over the, all over the station and when he's having tea with Captain Lockley is, uh, he's a little too mustache twirly, Mm -hmm. right? Um, so you get a little bit of what's kind of good about that and maybe what isn't so great, you know, in the same character within 10 minutes of each other, right? Um, you get more... Byron. And one of the indictments of this show is that it is badly cast. Mm-hmm. And the more I see him, the less I want to see him ever again. <laughs> and I know he's an important part of this season. So that's that's going to be an, a, a rising challenge for me because mm-hmm. I don't think I would... I don't think this is the most effective way to tell this particular story. And yeah. we have examples of this all over this program of, of mm-hmm. actors who were cast, who are shouty C-listers or who, um, you know, never met a piece of scenery that they wouldn't want to, you know, chew to a pulp. Right. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. I've begun dealing with Byron, you know, as I suggested a few episodes ago with my recasting ideas is I just I, I, I hold up a picture of Prince in, in front of the screen as I'm watching it. I just I just picture that it's him instead. It's like, all right, OK, fine. That that's this is going to work for me now. Right. Right. Um, the musical number at the end is sort of classic Babylon 5. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I always find that attempt at sentiment to feel inauthentic. Mm-hmm. They almost never land that. Yeah. And they didn't in this case, but they're always trying it. So watch yeah. this episode if you want to see, you know, the, a Babylon 5 trope is 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 this kind of thing, right? Yep. 
Um, now, you've got really good stuff. The the Garibaldi Lockley exchange, where she acknowledges uh-huh. the relationship. Okay, and Garibaldi's sort of chuckling. You know, uh, yeah. you've got stuff that's really not very good. Mm-hmm. You've got stuff that is sort of classic Babylon Five. Um, I'm going to pull this out of my hat in Act Five. Uh, oh right. well, you know, she yeah. had the, the, everyone has to stay in quarantine for sixty days. Yeah, yeah, a right. a a too clever by half solution to a problem that doesn't really work when you poke at it a little bit that's harder. Right. That's right. Yeah, that you're right. That's that's pretty that's pretty classic. But I do I do like the fact, and it's also classic Babylon Five. You get a a potentially significant conflict resolved without anybody without anybody firing a shot without a right. punch being thrown well except right. for Lockley and Garibaldi um it's right know, it's it's resolved through through cleverness and through diplomacy right as opposed right. to you know a, a, like a, a, a an actual like fighting standoff against Bester and his goons which wouldn't accomplish anything right and which would yeah. feel like well no this isn't right either Right, and how do you right. back down from that? Yeah, so yeah, but again, classic, classic B five. Right, right. Um, so th- that's kind of, I mean, you know, I've I've been I've been going on and on and on for forever, but no, it's it's good. You had a thesis to present, and I think you've I think you've presented it and defended it, you know, perfectly well. And I I I can't uh, I can't disagree with any of your points. Yeah, I mean, I I, I look forward to seeing Dr. Franklin doing his work, and I look forward mm-hmm. to seeing Londo and Jakar mm-hmm. on Centauri Prime and, you know, the continuing work of the Alliance. And now that we've got this Garibaldi, Lockley uh, snippiness on the back burner, mm-hmm. because we now have all the truth out, well, now we can see where we're going. Right. Okay. Yeah. This is one of those repositioning or, or pivoting episodes that's, as you say, setting up things for the future. Um, but really, when you only have 22 to work with, this is the sort of thing that needed to be episode two. Yeah, exactly. Not episode six. Right. You know. But, you know, at the end of the day, what makes this show work as a show is that it all adds up and it all holds together. It has an integrity by virtue of the way that it was plotted. Mm-hmm. Not the way that it was necessarily scripted, but the plot, you always feel like he's trying to go somewhere. Okay. Yes. Like we're, we're being told a story. It doesn't always work, but that's okay. Not every chapter of every novel I've ever read works. There are mm-hmm. works that I think are absolutely among the best things I've ever read that have parts that don't work, it's fine. Because mm-hmm. it's in the service of the bigger thing. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, the parallel. Okay? You suggested flippantly, well, why don't you rewatch Enterprise? Because I tried rewatching Voyager and I couldn't do it. Okay? Did I suggest that? Are you, are you, you putting you, that on me? 
Are you oh, putting, no, putting yeah. that evil on me? No, no, no. No, it's fine. Okay. I think I think John suggested you watch Enterprise, <laughs> Maybe. didn't okay. he? I you don't think have. it was me. All right. All right. You're you're backpedaling you, with the uh, okay. I, I, you know. Oh, okay. yeah. So, so look, here, here's the point. Uh-huh. Um, I have now basically finished season one of Enterprise. Okay. God love you. It's much better than I remember. Okay. I've actually mm-hmm. quite enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm looking forward to season two. The problem. While I've liked individual episodes... And I like certain grace notes from different kinds of characters. At the end of the day, it just doesn't hold up. It shouldn't have been made. Mm-hmm. Babylon 5, by contrast, is often far more annoying than Enterprise has ever been. And yet it totally holds together. And, and deserves to be considered one of the best things ever made. Because of the, the bigger picture storyline right. that, that every... Every episode, good or bad, is in service of. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. TKO is a terrible episode, but it's trying to serve something bigger than itself, and yeah. therefore, when you look at it in the course of a hundred episodes, okay, TKO, whatever. Sure. Okay, strange relations. All right, whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's some good stuff in there. But there's also chaff. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, y- you know, you imagine there would be stuff from this episode in if the prestige format was preserved. There'd be stuff in here, in there. Oh, oh, yeah. I right? certainly it's not so. all chaff. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it, it, the the when you as soon as you said this is what a prestige episode in 2019 would look like, and I think to you know, Game of Thrones or any of these other right. kind of prestige series that do jump around six or eight different plot lines within the, 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 the span of an hour. Um, you know, I, I, when I finished watching this episode, I said, I, I, I said to myself, what a mess. And I've got this little diagram of trying to figure out what's <laughs> right. the A and B plots here. And I'm like, well, there's, there's like 17 B plots going on. Um, right. But you're so right. You know, it, it, it was a mess in context of thinking late 90s tv because i wasn't thinking how tv was is put together today right you know right. I, I wasn't viewing it through that lens you're absolutely right you've changed you've changed my mind about this episode oh hooray um, so in in conclusion babylon 5 is a land of contrasts i think that's fair yeah uh, I, I mean it, it's it yeah. seems a little a little flippant but i but think it's me. true right yeah. yeah and it's only going to get more contrasty Mm-hmm. As you know, as as we go, I suspect, mm-hmm. right, because of the yeah, you know, the kind of the quote unquote polarization of season five. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna swing, like I said, highest highs, lowest lows. I think oh, I think God we're gonna get more him. of those. I can't yeah. even imagine lows lower than some of those season one lows. We'll see. You know, the it, it's funny, and this is probably why twenty years on. You know, it's it's so beloved by so many people, and you know, myself included, who, right. who you know hadn't watched it since the time is. You know, we're a couple of years away from from watching those season one episodes, and and it's it's kind of mellowed a little in my uh-huh. in my brain, even even at this distance. Yeah, even at this yeah. distance. So it's like the you know the um, the thing I get where you know I, I I'll read like a ten 
volume novel series and be like, oh, I never want to go through that again. I, you know, it was it was great, but you know, I can't believe I endured all of that. Right. And then a couple of years go on, and I think, oh, you know, it wasn't that bad. I should reread that. You know, I, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm due for another Dune reread. You know, all six books. Right. You know, I mean, look, now. the first book is a masterpiece. The second is magnificent. I know you are a huge fan of the second book. Um, yeah. And then it's sort of like, where are we going? Yeah. And then it sort of seems to be going somewhere again, and then Frank Herbert dies. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 It's too bad there were never more than six books written in that series, in that, in that yeah. world. Yeah, if only yeah. the Doom yeah. world had been expanded beyond those six books, right? But yeah. instead it no. just lied fallow for so long. Yeah, well, that, there you go. That's what you have. <laughs> exactly. Well, freaking monkey's paw. Folk, right. Um, <laughs> quite. Uh, you know, folks, I'd, I, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the, mm-hmm. you know, on this thesis and, uh, you know, season five in general. Is it polarizing for you? I mean, may, maybe it isn't. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Chris and I trying to do our due diligence. You, you read about season five and I mean, you can't you can't find anything that says, oh, it's just seamlessly integrates with the rest of the show in a perfect way and it's not polarizing mm-hmm. at all, right? Um, I'm going to send yeah. Chris some links to these articles that I reference. So if you want to go back yep. in and say, you know, best worst, right? You know, mm-hmm. I, I didn't I didn't make up best worst, right? This is no. this is a this is an ongoing assessment of Babylon 5 that mm-hmm. we're uh, you know, playing our small part in. Um, Chris, anything else you want to say about this episode? Are we good? I think we're good. All right, well, folks. Thank you for for presenting uh, presenting that uh, your thesis on this one. Yeah, no pressure on you to uh, do the same thing for uh, some episode down the road. I, I think I stepped up in the the long night of Londo Malari. I you think sure I, did. I spewed uh, you know endless minutes of of you, blather on that. You one. carried I, you on know, and sallied forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I exist as a sounding board for your brilliance. Oh, st- oh gross. <laughs> I almost got through that with a straight face. Blah. Uh, yeah. Folks, you know where to find us. Facebook, uh, name of the pod in any old search engine. Share your thoughts and perspectives. We are uh, uh, making our stately progress through um, through Babylon 5, Season 5, and we're looking forward to talking to you again next week. Be seeing you. Be seeing you.